Welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David tackles the question, is God to blame for our pain? As he continues to look at the purpose of pain. Let's listen. Well, we are continuing our exploration over the purpose of pain. Uh, Two weeks ago, we started this conversation and I said we'd continue it because it's such a big topic. So today, we are finishing the conversation on what is the purpose of pain? Why do we have pain in this life? And I want to start with a fairly provocative question. Is God to blame for our pain? We're going to explore that this morning. And I want to start with a a famous dilemma that was put forth by a philosopher, Leibniz. And you've probably heard some variation of this before. But Here's how he put it. He said, okay, God is all-powerful and all-good. I think all of us would, would agree with that in this room, wouldn't we? We'd say, yeah, there's nothing on earth that is more powerful than God. And also, God is the essence of goodness itself. So God is, is all-powerful and all-good. But, he goes on, but evil and pain and suffering exist. And so all of a sudden, you have a tension here, don't you? Where you've got this all-powerful and all-good God, and yet you have the experience or the reality of, of pain in this world, and suffering and evil, and you say, how do we reconcile the two? The philosopher puts forth two options. He says, well, therefore, God is either unable to do anything Uh, Meaning that, well, maybe God isn't all-powerful. Maybe God sees us in our pain, hates that we're in pain, but just can't do anything about it. I think as Christians, we would be very uncomfortable with that answer. But he says, well, it's either that, or B, maybe God doesn't want to do anything about it. Yes, maybe God's not all good. God's powerful enough to take away your pain, to take away your illness, but God chooses not to. Again, I am sure that as Christians, we would reject both of these conclusions, but it forces us to then grapple with this question. Well, why is there pain? And what do we do with the experience of pain and a loving God? I am sure that you've heard through conversations with friends and family some variation of this dilemma. I mean, you've probably heard someone say, I wish I could believe in God. But look at all of the pain and hurt in the world. I mean, if there really was a God, wouldn't God just put an end to all of it? So, today we're going to thoroughly explore these really challenging questions, beginning with, is God to blame for our pain? Well, Let me start by introducing a term. It's a term you're probably familiar with, but I want us all on the same page as we begin. The term is free will, okay? Free will. And free will simply means that God has allowed humans to act freely, meaning that we are not robots. You and I can act however we want to act. If you're wondering if that's true, just look at your kids. They don't get programmed, They get to act however they want to act. God has given us the gift of freedom. And humans can use that freedom 
at times to bring pain into the world, right? I can choose with my freedom, with my free will, I can choose to be mean to my spouse if I want to, or to not be a very good boss. I could choose to litter, or I could choose to, to write a mean comment on Facebook. The possibility of suffering and pain is always present because humans are allowed to act freely. We have freedom. I want to start by exploring a fantastic scripture in the Old Testament that describes the very real choices that you and I and every other human has to either choose good and to bring goodness into the world or to choose evil and to bring pain into the world. So here's the context of the story. God's people are about to enter the promised land. They are on the precipice of walking into the promised land, and this is a long time coming. I mean, this is a moment they've been waiting for for years because they've spent generations uh, in Egypt as slaves. And then after that, they spent decades wandering around the desert. But finally, finally, God has brought them to the point where they're right on the edge of a land that's going to be their own, a land where they can go and make their own homes in safety and community. Yes, they are on the edge of the promised land. But before they enter, Moses gets everyone together. He gathers all of God's people, and he has some instructions. He gives them a little bit of a a pep talk before they go together into the promised land. And that's going to be our scripture today from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Here's how he begins. Moses tells them, See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. Okay, so Moses is saying that there are going to be two options for the people of God And they can freely choose which option to pursue. Again, they have free will, just like you and I do. So on the one hand, they can freely make the choices that will naturally lead to to life and prosperity. Now, what are those choices? Let's focus on those first, because that's what Moses goes on to talk about. In the next verse, Moses says, For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Yes, what Moses is saying, and it's true I think for us too, is that we all have the freedom to pursue a loving relationship with God, to to walk in obedience to God and to to faithfully follow God's commandments. And Moses says that those choices, particularly for God's people, are going to lead to them living a long, prosperous life in this new land that they are about to enter. But it is a very real choice that is before them. And for it to be a real choice, they also must then be able to choose differently. They can make choices that don't lead to life and prosperity, but they can make choices that lead, Moses says, naturally to to death and destruction instead. He now goes on to describe those choices. 
Moses says, but if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. Okay, let's bring this to today for a second, because we obviously are not about to enter into the promised land. That's not our context when we read this story. But we all do have a, a future in front of us, right? That's, that's a wide open future, just like they did. And so we get to decide what choices to make with the freedom that God has given to us. I mean, we could choose, like they might, to bow down to other gods. Now, in this time period, that would have been literal, literal idols. They could bow down to, to Baal or, or Asherah. Now, in, in our time period, it's probably not going to be an idol like that, but we could choose to bow down to the almighty dollar, or we could choose to bow down and, and worship ourselves in, in some area of self-reliance uh, instead of relying on God. I mean, we deal with the same temptations to make choices that, that lead us away from this real, abundant, God-given life. And our choices create our world. And so here's Moses' conclusion on this discussion. He says, This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you, so that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. Choose life, Moses implores. And that is a message for us today as well. To use your freedom to make the choices that will lead to life both for yourself and for those around you. Yes, Moses is encouraging us to use our free will wisely. It doesn't take long to live in this world to recognize that not everybody, including us, uses our free will very wisely. So let me share with you now a couple of examples of when we use our free will poorly and when then our choices bring death and destruction into the world instead of life and, and prosperity. So think about when a person decides to drink too much and that person then makes the poor decision to get behind the wheel. And that person then gets into an accident and profoundly injures another person. In those incredibly tragic times, we may be tempted to blame God. We might ask God, why did you allow this innocent person to be so injured uh, by a drunk driver? But what I hope that we're learning through this is that God gave us the freedom, and it's up to us as humans to choose how to use that freedom. And so the drunk driver in this fictional scenario used their freedom to choose death. And that choice then affected this other person that he injured. Or here's, here's another example. So we live in a world 
with enough food for everyone to have their fill. And yet, there is widespread hunger throughout this world. This is not due to God creating a world that is somehow deficient. But again, it is due to our collective choices. I mean, we, as a society, uh, could choose to create a world where everyone got enough food. Uh, we can choose to create a world that's, that's more beautiful and, and just and, and peace-filled. But we don't always make those choices, either individually or collectively as societies. So here's another question people ask. I mean, couldn't God have created a world without giving us free will? I mean, think about that for a second. If, if free will, it can bring so much beauty into this world when we choose love and when we choose life, but it can also bring so much pain into this world. So couldn't God have just gotten rid of all the pain and created a world without free will? And I would answer, yeah, sure. Sure, God could have done that, but essentially we would not be human any longer because fundamental to who we are as people is the ability, the necessary ability to be able to freely make choices. We are not robots. We are not programmed to only act a certain way. We get to choose. And I believe that this is fundamental to how God created and designed us. So you might then ask a different question and say, okay, but couldn't God have made a world where we keep our free will, but we're simply not allowed to hurt other people, right? Couldn't God have just done that? Well, before I answer that, let me ask you a different question. Could God create a rock so heavy that not even God could pick it up? Okay, I know, that sounds like kind of a silly question, isn't it? Um, but if you answered yes, just, just humor me for a second. If you answered yes, God can create a rock so heavy that not even God can pick it up, well, then you're saying that there's a rock out there somewhere that, that's stronger than God which I don't think we want to say. So you might say, well, no, God cannot create a rock that's so heavy that not even God can pick it up. But then you're saying, well, there's a rock out there that God's not powerful enough, or God's not powerful enough to create whatever God wants to. Uh, for people of faith, this is a lose-lose question, isn't it? But I've got a different answer to this question. I believe that God cannot do anything that is logically contradictory. Okay, think about that for a second. Like, for instance, can God create a two-sided triangle? My answer would be no, right? Simply because two-sided triangles don't exist. It's a logical contradiction. A triangle with two sides would cease to be a triangle. Why then can't God have made this world where we are free but also where there's no pain, because that's a logical contradiction, right? If there's going to be freedom, if humanity is going to be truly free, then necessarily there must always be the possibility of us using that freedom for, for pain or to hurt others. This is simply the world that we live in. So like it or not, we have free will. And sometimes humanity uses that free will to hurt one another. But God recognized that this was going to be the case. I mean, God knew in, in giving us freedom, 
in allowing us to be truly human that we're not always going to use that very well. But remember last week when we said that even in our pain, God can come and use that pain and and change us and transform us in some profound way. I mean, think about this for a second. What if we were never tested in any way? Okay, so can you imagine if you never had to go through any hardship or if you never had to struggle for something, if you never had to overcome a painful experience, would you be the same person that you are today? Of course not. Of course not. So much of who you are today is due to you overcoming struggles and adversity in your life. I mean, we are more resilient. We are more brave. We are more empathetic people because of the painful experiences that we have overcome. Here's how Paul puts it in Romans. Paul says, We boast in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. Yes, when you suffer, something happens in you. I mean, first, it's just the experience of that suffering. It feels painful. It feels uncomfortable, either physically or emotionally, but then something else happens too. Something in you says, I am going to get through this. I'm not going to give up. I am not throwing in the towel yet. Yes, suffering produces perseverance. And and that attitude of, of persevering through that suffering, that changes who you are. It affects your very identity and how you view yourself. It gives you character. You are no longer the person who quits when life gets hard. You are the person who perseveres no matter what you are facing. And this attitude of perseverance creates deep, enriching character within you. Yes, we are different people because of what we've gone through. And this character... This inner resilience, it naturally produces hope because you recognize that if you've made it through this, you can make it through anything. Yes, suffering can change us if we let it. So remember our original question, is God to blame for our pain? I would say no, because God has given us a much greater gift, and that's the gift of of freedom. And even when we use that gift to to hurt others, well, God's going to work through that hurt to produce in us perseverance and character and hope. So in that initial dilemma that we talked about, we can say, yeah, God is all-powerful, and God is all-good, and God has chosen to give us freedom, and God will even change us through the pain we experience. So I would leave you with this today. To just remember Moses' words, that our choices create our world. And so won't you choose life? Yes, whenever it's up to you, use your free will to create a more beautiful, a more just, 
and a more peace-filled world. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week.